I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Thank you for joining us once again for I'm Not in an Abusive Relationship. Um, this is Claudia Pauls. I'm hosting the program today, and we are once again doing a, a panel discussion. Um, and with us once again, Krista DeBoer, our executive director at uh, DASIS, will be joining us, as well as Ellen Higgins. Um, Ellen is the emergency response coordinator, and Elizabeth Alderson, who is a licensed social worker and also DASIS therapist. And um, today we have an interesting topic to discuss and I am sure many of our listeners have have this exact phrase in their head from time to time and that is uh, one of the most often asked questions where was God when I was being abused and I'm sure all of our listeners have have confronted a faith question whether it's I believe I don't believe I used to believe I want to believe um, but that day-to-day -day situation that you find yourself in, not being able to think that, that God would think this was okay, you know, why, why does this continue to happen? Where was God when all of this was happening? And, and I'm sure that the wonderful therapists at DASIS have had lots of experience in, in attempting to answer that question with lots of different people. So I don't know how, how we want to start, but actually I'm going to pick on you again, Krista. Um, how, how do you confront that? You know, it has to be a feeling of abandonment and God wouldn't let this happen. And where was God when all of this was going on? And why didn't God stop what was happening? Hey, Krista, can I say something? Yeah. Um, I think that that question depends on if the person is already a believer Mm -hmm. or if they are questioning for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that, that that will see, like it'll take you down two different roads. If I already believe in God and this happened, then it's like, where were you? But if mm -hmm. you don't and you're asking, where have you been? You know, it's, it, it's a different dynamic. Mm -hmm. I agree. And faith is so, faith is indefinable anyway. I mean, it's kind of you have it or you don't have it. It's in that whole situation there. And then you may have an extra layer of perhaps the abuser is associated in some way with a faith-based organization, which, I mean, we read about every day that those kinds of things happen, which mm -hmm. 
the power that automatically goes with that mm-hmm. um, is hard to, to mm-hmm. fight against as well. And spiritual abuse as well. As I, I, I think that's a big one. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about what is it about spiritual abuse that's so difficult to recover from because it's just on a whole other level to me. Wow. I've never, a term I've never heard of spiritual abuse, but that's obviously what happens in many cases. Oh yeah. You can take scripture and turn it into whatever you would like it to be. And um, if you are, you know, members of a church or you are not just members of a church, but if your persona is to be active in the faith, Mm -hmm. not really having a relationship with Christ, but if you want it, people to be, if you want to be perceived as someone, um, you can easily just take scripture and manipulate it to um, how you want it to work in that relationship for your own good, not for the other person and certainly not for God. And I think another thing that I, um, well, I've seen, but I've also experienced is uh, being a person of faith um, is there was something happening and it upsets a couple different people, but how that played out was in a prayer. So it's like very manipulative because the things that you would normally, well, not normally, but instead of having a conversation, it came out like through a prayer in a prayer and, you know, some, and somehow that's okay because, well, we're not really talking to you. We're talking to God but the message is still coming across in a very manipulative way. Mm-hmm. So I understand what you're saying because you're talking to me, but we're going to kind of disguise it or cloak it in prayer. And, and so the amount of times that I've seen that happen, it's, it's a lot. And, and I think it's hard because to understand as a person of faith that yes, prayer is a huge part of our lives. Prayer is where we, tend to present our requests to God to ask for help for guidance or whatever. But when someone's using it in a different way, then that to me is a little, well, it's abusive. I was going to say a little, but it is abusive. I, I, <laughs> I can't imagine that praying for bad things to happen to people. Is that kind of like what you're referring to there? No. So I, can't remember what had happened. Um, something had happened on our team that I think it was a decision and someone didn't like the decision. And for whatever reason, they thought I had a part in that decision and I didn't. Um, it was something with the organization that I was with. And so they were starting to just vent their anger towards me, but it was like in a prayer. So it was more wow. like that people will make better choices, you know, just something like that. And I was like, okay, clearly I know what you're talking about. I know you're talking to me, but this is not okay. And, and that's the part about isolation and other people not being able to see it because Mm -hmm. when you talk to someone about that, um, so say to another believer, to somebody else, it's really hard to say like, well, it was happening in a prayer. Yeah. Well, you, you guys pray all the time. Yeah. But it was different. And then, but not even being able to explain how it's different or why it looks weird mm-hmm. or why it, it uh, you know, kind of tinges in your heart like that. I don't know. It's, it's difficult to explain that. Well, then they 
you know, the people in the group can go to that one person and say, you know, we're so sorry you're going through that. And, you know, I hope that person, you know, changes their behavior too. And you're like the person they're praying about and you're like, but that's not what's going on. Mm. And then it goes back to that yes. feeling crazy again. Yeah. So. And wow. I think that piece that's so damaging about it is because it's such a passive aggressive, like underlying, not direct way. And like what we see with our clients all the time is those passive aggressive ways of abuse and manipulation are the things that they continuously remember those voices for. Because yeah, then that conversation keeps happening. And then if you're on the team, and then people are continuously checking in of you know, how are things going with that situation? And you're around and you're just like, you know, like it continues to happen and people don't even know that they're being a part of that like streamer way. That's a whole new level of power and control then when you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's say, well, I would think being in an abusive relationship would dampen your faith, make it more difficult for you to, I mean, obviously a belief in God is a very hopeful um, way to live your life. Um, how do you help clients or, or maybe they won't call because they're thinking, well, that's just a faith-based faith organization or, or I don't know that I believe or, I mean, but you are very wide ranging and, and God can enter in if the client wants that and I don't know, I'm going to stop rambling here and let you answer that kind of question. I mean, I, I, being people of faith doesn't mean that you are going to um, use a client situation to spread that faith, right? That's that, There are multiple ways to emerge from these situations, and God is one of those. So um, I can answer that, but I'm going to go and... You can fix like, my rambling. No, it's going to appear to be not answering the question. But um, so this question of where is, where was, or where is God in this situation? Um, I think that that is such a huge question. And I know when I heard that question, I felt that in my heart because it's such a deep thing. And, and so as a person of faith, I understand how difficult abuse is in general and how devastating it can be and the, the trauma and um, the effects of that trauma. And like you said, God is one of those ways. It's not the only way. So, you know, even as a therapist, I'm never going to present my belief or my understanding or my relationship as a person of faith with God. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that's a place where people will wrestle and ask those type of questions. And we're definitely in the therapy session going to be able to talk about that. And I think that, um, you know, and sometimes my, my clients are people of faith. And so it's a, it might be a little bit of a different conversation, but here's, here's, and here's what I'm going to go back to as a person of faith. Sometimes it can be kind of shameful to say I'm angry or um, I'm mad at God or to say um, 
I, I don't have faith right now. Mm-hmm. And um, because sometimes it feels like we're not being true to our faith. And, and the reality, at least in, in my perspective, is that um, God is big enough for any and all of that. Now, is it a journey? Often it is. Does spiritual abuse kind of blur the lines will make it difficult? Yeah. And, and the way that um, I've kind of described it or I've had described to me is sometimes in that questioning of faith, it's um, maybe my faith right now isn't strong or it's not where I want it to be. But if I have another person and I'm able to hold on to that person and that person is holding on to God, then sometimes that's enough to get through the moment or to get through the phase. Now, I also know what it's like to cry out to God. And that is a very deep guttural, like on the ground in the fetal position type thing. It can be, it doesn't have to be, but, and, and that's the, that's the most, to me, that's one of the most vulnerable places to be is in the fetal position, crying out. Sometimes it's not even words. Sometimes it's just, emotion Mm -hmm. and 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 so went back going back to that question of where is god in that i think it's in those times in those moments it's like i'm in so much pain and it's so overwhelming and i don't understand it to to be able to say or to be able to be real and honest about that because as sometimes in face we got to have a good front and we're going to present it but we also need those moments where we can be vulnerable to cry out and that's okay. And that is absolutely okay. And I would go a step further and say, that's the point where we need to reach out to somebody else because sometimes that's just a lot to carry. And, and if you're wrestling in faith, that's okay too. I think that um, when I got that question, where was God? So when I went through most of like my own trauma, um, sexual assault and DV, um, I did not have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I um, became a Christian or um, had a relationship with Christ that I asked that question. So when I wasn't a Christian, I wasn't asking those questions, but when I became one is when I said, where were you? Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't you stop that? Um, and something I was thinking about yesterday, um, as I kind of like asked that question again, um, I thought about something that wasn't comforting. Like it's, it's biblical, but it's not necessarily comforting. It's a knowing, Um, so one, I think it's important to know the character of God when you ask that question. And if you don't to have someone go through that with you. Um, but also when we ask where was God as if he allowed this or he did this or, um, whatever you're thinking, you have to remember, um, why we have free will in the first place. You know, it was the fall in the beginning of time um, that brought us here. So we wanted free will. Well, now we have it. And because of that free will, this is what we get to do. This is, this is what happens in the world. We live in a broken, fallen, 
um, evil world. So while I'm not going to go out and do those things with my free will, someone else is. So while that wasn't comforting to me to think of it that way, just yesterday, I was like, wow, that, that doesn't make me feel any better at all. Um, yeah. but I, I, I know the character of God in that, um, that he didn't want that to happen. He didn't allow that to happen. And one of the most comforting things that was said to me, um, I want to say five, five years ago, maybe a little more, um, when I was struggling with some things that had happened, I, I said, I said that I said, why is this happening? Because I, I, I knew enough to ask God to not allow this to happen again. I said, don't allow this to happen. If this is the kind of relationship that this is going to turn into, don't let me be in it. And he did take that relationship away, but not when I asked for it. Um, but this person said to me, um, as I was crying, they said, God is right there crying alongside you. He is hurting with you. What hurts you hurts him. And that, now that was comforting to me. I just felt like he was next to me. I felt like he was hurting with me, that he didn't want these things to happen. Um, so, I mean, that was my own personal experience. So I can't speak to anyone else's, but knowing that God hurts when I hurt, um, just, it was just like a soothing balm um, to my heart. And kind of give you a little strength to make yourself not hurt, make God not hurt as well, and, and help you find those steps that you need to take to, to make things better. Mm-hmm. That's part of the, the hope that a belief in God or a faith can offer, even though the situation right this minute is dire and, and horrible. Mm-hmm believing that you can have the strength to fix it, whether you believe with help from God or some spiritual belief within is, is hopeful and helpful. Yes. And God's, what is the scripture? Um, God's strength is, you know, made more powerful in our weakness. Mm -hmm. So I mean, being like Krista said, you know, when she, you know, she's crying and she's crying out, like that is the time when God is just, he's going to show up. He's never not going to show up for you. Um, So when she said that, I immediately was thinking like, oh, so he met her there. He definitely did because she was weak and he was going to show up and be her strength. Which was absolutely true. I will say that as much as that, was crappy. Um, that was probably my biggest breakthrough, I would say, in understanding myself and understanding my hurt and my pain and my suffering. And I think that that was probably a huge breakthrough moment in my faith because it was the gentleness and the tenderness and the love and the compassion of God that met me in that moment. It might not be like that for everybody, but because I can't speak to that, I can speak to mine and I can say, wow, that was super overwhelming, but it was so pivotal in my life because it took a lot to pick myself back up off the ground. It did. But I will also say 
that the reason I didn't break, the reason I didn't burn up, the reason I didn't turn away from faith was because the, like exactly what Ellen said, his power was made perfect in me and my weakness. And he gave me that strength to take the first step. And that to me is a huge, powerful thing in my life that when I've been to, I don't think I've ever been to a lower point than that, but at those points, I feel like that's when I'm the closest because I'm searching for an answer. I'm looking for something. I need something deeper. And, and I think when we ask for that, we don't have a God that says no. I, I just keep going back to like, I keep thinking about the character of God and like his grace and his mercy and his love and like how important it is to know those things because when you come across someone and this is spiritual abuse who who poses as you know a godly man or woman but then uses that to abuse you if you don't know who God is you're going to start seeing God as those people so that's that's going to be your experience you're you're going to say well why did, you know, why did God allow this or where was God? Because it's coming from a godly, and I, you know, air quotes, godly person. And it's like, hmm, no. Like when people say like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't go to church because of the people there and like things like that. Now I get that, but we can't make God into those people. God isn't them we're imperfect and we're we're sinful and we're all those things and I think it's just so important to know who he is and how much he loves you and how much he's there for you and the hope from those awful and I'm speaking from experience I'm not just saying this I I want to reiterate that um the hope that he can bring from those situations um just just to know him um, and experience him in that way is, is so important. Not to let uh, a church get in the way of your relationship with God. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not to let broken people get in the way, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. everyone needs to find their own. Well, maybe not. I mean, I guess in my heart, everyone needs to find their own relationship with God. But, but if we have a listener who says, well, you know, I don't have a relationship with God. Um, is is that what's going to have to happen before I'm going to get out of the situation? Um, and I'm certain you can assure them that no, that is not what needs to happen. Hope and healing. Maybe you are going to find the hope and healing to offer them through your faith with God, but this is not a, we're going to convert you to get you out of this situation organization. Absolutely not. No. I mean, that's a, we're not a faith-based organization. Um, exactly. So it's it's not even it's not even something that comes up unless the client brings it up. We are not like we're client focused. So whatever they and we've had so many different clients. That's the thing. Like coming sure. from so many different backgrounds. Um, and there's so many different types of oh, Krista or Liz, give me something like different churches, like Pentecostal denominations. And, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So many different denominations. Um that it that you can't just be a one focus you know sure. organization so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 
and many folks may have come to the point where, you know, they, they have lost their faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that would make perfect sense to me to be in an abusive situation. Losing your faith would almost be, make more sense than being able to keep it through that situation. So um, that where was God is a hard question for them to wrestle with. I think for, in my experience, the the characteristic of God that's been helpful in that where was God when I was being abused is, is knowing and understanding that God is everywhere, that he, that he never leaves, you know, that one of his characteristics is his omnipresence, that he's everywhere, that he is on this planet at the same time because he's that powerful, because he is God. And so that thing of he was with you when it happened, you might not have felt his presence, but he was there. He never abandoned you even though people abandon us, right? Because we put human characteristics on God, but God isn't human. He's the creator. And so we we look at the creation, us, the world, animals, creatures, all those things, and we see God through them, but they're not God. He's the creator of everything. And so it, it's difficult to understand, right, that power and his characteristics because we only have these human eyes and this human heart and this human mind to understand him with but to remember like in the depths of our hearts that he was there that his eyes were still atoned or tuned on me he was focused on me even while I was sleeping he was present even in those darkest moments he was present and although I might not have felt that presence he was still there that was that was me or that was someone standing in the way so that i couldn't see god that spiritual abuse someone stood in the way so that i i couldn't see god or i couldn't feel god but that he was still there and he was still working and um that he works all things for our good through his ways his understanding and not my own and so he can take this horrible situation he can take this um abuse and he can turn it for our good and that's a step of healing that is very further down the line that's not in the immediate that is like years of spiritual work later to understand that there are times in which we go through difficulty and it leaves an imprint on who we are but then oftentimes we're able to help other people walk through difficult paths because we ourselves have walked through difficulty and we learned something about God's character and about ourselves in that time and that he gives us that ability to then share it with other people and that that piece is huge but knowing that like he's always there even when we don't feel it just like the air right there might not be a breeze but it's still all around us i mean we're still all breathing and so he's still he still is there even when we don't feel it i think that's important with the like knowing it because you're not always going to feel it mm-hmm. and that's that faith piece right i think mm-hmm. you know you said that earlier like faith is you know this how do we describe it you know claudia and it's that it's um, for some it's indescribable for some moments Mm -hmm. it's indescribable Mm -hmm. and for some moments you know I feel it and it's like Krista described it's what picks me up off the ground and I'm just developed and every fiber of my 
being knows what I believe and feels this presence. And then two hours later, I am completely empty and alone <laughs> and I'm abandoned again, right? Yeah. But my perception is abandoned, but my reality is not abandoned. And again, that's the difficulty of faith of what we feel isn't what's true because our perception is my perception. Also, mm -hmm. I don't think it's, I don't think it's losing your faith. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to say, I don't get this. It's mm -hmm. okay to be angry with God. Someone said that to me because I was like, Ooh, I am angry at him. And mm -hmm. he, he said, it's okay to be angry with God. He can handle it. God can handle it. So I, I don't think it's losing your faith. I think it's having normal questions while we live on broken earth. Mm -hmm. Like that's mm -hmm. what it is. Like we're going to go through things and saying, God, I'm mad at you. Like, why? Why mm -hmm. is this happening? Mm -hmm. It's okay. He's going to answer mm -hmm. you and he's there. And maybe that's part of the process of, of moving from expecting God to fix it and lift you up to realizing that you have the power with your faith to begin to lift yourself up and to fix things and not wait for, you know, where was God? He should fix this for me. Well, no, he believes in me. I can begin to reach out and, and lift, take the steps to get myself out of this situation as well. He'll give you everything for, that you ask for in prayer. You know, that he will, he will provide a way, but it's not your way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not According through the means will. that you, yeah, <laughs> his will, his way, his timing his right and it's that piece of like you know so you're in the midst of this horrible relationship you know, i think ellen kind of talked about this a little bit and like you're like okay if you know like take it from me if it's not good right you might not take it that moment because there might still be a lesson for you to learn right mm -hmm. that free will piece of like i still got myself in this mess you know god didn't put me in this bad relationship i did this other partner did you know like I chose, well, you know, yeah. and so it's, unless, it's that piece. You're the child, that sort of thing. Where, yeah. You know, there yeah. will be others to, to help you yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 But those pieces of like, there's this, you know, there's a way out, but sometimes it's not today. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a country song, unanswered prayers are sometimes the best kind. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Although I don't know if there's such a thing as unanswered, but uh, may not be the answer you want at the time you want it. Right. Yeah, there's always an answer. It's just yeah. yes, no, maybe, and wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Our, mine was always ask your mother. <laughs> Which, yeah, that never worked. So, uh, Well, as we continue to wrestle with where was God, hopefully our listeners will reach into their own hearts and, and mind and souls and be able to find some of those answers. And, and also whether you find that answer or not, be able to reach out to, to others who can help you. DASIS is always there. Please um, contact at any time, website, online, telehealth. We have all kinds of things going on that, that will help you find your own answers to, to what you need to do to, to better your situation, to help, find your own self to offer hope and healing in these uh, situations that you find yourself in. 
So thank you again for joining us today. And we hope this has uh, led you to some, some thoughts that are going to get you moving in the right direction. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.